All right, all my beauty professionals, thank you for listening to Ms. V's Real Beauty Talk. And remember today, I told you that I wanted to talk to you all about the new bill that's going to be coming out soon. You know, I thought it was at a stage where we would have a chance of fighting it or whatever, but it seems to me that it's past that. So then the question is whether you're against it or not, how are we going to make this bill work for us? So, and when I say us, I mean us in the beauty industry, mostly what this bill is focusing on is cosmetology and barbers. That's who it will affect the most. It doesn't really mention, it does mention estheticians, but very briefly, and it does not really mention nail technicians. So you guys are in the good because your courses in school are very short. So you don't have anything to worry about. Cosmetology is the longest. So I would say if I had to choose a side, because I'm one of those people that can understand both sides, you know, of any situation when there's a conflict. And so, you know, some people say, no, you have to choose a side. What side are you on? If I had to choose a side, I would say I'm against it, but I'm going to tell you why I'm against it because there's certain areas in the bill that just isn't good. Um, I can understand the portion of cutting cosmetology down to a thousand hours, I guess, if they want to separate it into a hairstyling thing because there's people out there who want to, you know, they're in a financial situation. They want to be in this industry, but they don't have the time or the money to be in school for almost a year. So to give them a head start, they would be doing just hairstyling 600 hour course before they get licensed. But I'm going to be telling you different points. For instance, in the bill, they want to get rid of the licensing, not licensing, not yet, but the exam, the practical exam, which is ridiculous. They want to just have a written exam. Um, And if there is an exam, it would be done through the school, which is ridiculous. Not only that, what surprises me is that state board is on board with this. But I'm wondering, like, aren't some people going to lose their jobs? Like people who are doing the licensing for practical, you know, what's going to happen to them? So I'm surprised that they're on board with this. It just seems like whatever stupid laws are passed for our industry, that state board's always on board for it. And I'm just really surprised, you know, you're making less work for yourself and you're ready to lose your job. That's how on board you are for this. Okay. But anyway, it's their job. And if that's how they want it, that's their decision, right? So does it affect us? It will affect us in a way that, you know, who's going to teach what in that aspect. And then what concerns me about this is... So you go to school to be a hairstylist, you get your license in hairstyling, you're not legally supposed to be doing any chemicals. But how many people are actually going to follow that when you get out of school, and you have more clients coming in for highlighting, 
with the haircuts and the blow dry styles than you do for just styles. Or you see your coworker in the other chair making more money doing coloring and highlights, but you can't do that because you're just a licensed hairstylist. Are you going to be okay with that? And who's going to be doing chemicals illegally? That's where I feel like it'll be going to a sham. I do understand it. Um, and I'm not totally against that. But with everything, there's always more questions on how you would handle certain things. Because there's also some things in this bill where they don't want the examiners going out checking on salons and giving them fines and all that kind of stuff, which is the ultimate ridiculousness. From my understanding, there's not enough state board examiners as it is going to these salons is giving people funguses and all that. So but this is just my opinion and the things that I share with you, you can develop your own opinion on this, right? Uh, you should be able to find this on the California State Board website, www.barbaracosmo.ca.gov. And I just want to remind you too that you can find me on YouTube under Ms. V's Beauty Tutorials. And that's where I teach State Board procedures um, I teach theory uh, from the Milady textbook, and then I also show hands-on operations as well. Uh, let's see here. So this was authored by a Senator Roth, and I can't say I know who that is, but they're a Democrat. This bill was amended in July, meaning that they made some changes to it to make it more accurate, more fair, whatever. And that happened in July, July 15th to be exact of this year. So I'm not going to get into that part of it, but it says this bill continues the operations of the Board of Barbering and Cosmetology, the BBC, and makes various technical changes, statutory improvements and policy reforms to the Barbering and Cosmetology Act based on the recent joint sunset review oversight of BBC. So I guess what they've been trying to do since 2012, because anytime you hear the word sunset, that means that it's coming to an end. I guess they've been trying to get rid of the BBC, which is the dumbest thing in America. Why would you want to get rid of state regulations and state people who are working for the state to uphold that we have public safety laws and I, I just don't understand it. You know, it's just like um, medical professionals. Are they going to get rid of licensing for doctors and nurses so people can just wake up and poke and prod and people and be unlicensed doing it? It just makes no sense. So I'm sure you can hear the passion in my voice because this does affect our industry. And quite frankly, I don't know if I see our industry going in a good direction after this, I, I see and I feel like it's dismantling and it's really disheartening because this industry is probably one of the best industries out there to be. You're an artist, man, to be able to do nails and hair and skin and make people leave your your workspace feeling good about themselves like that's the most awesome thing ever. And whatever creativity you have inside of you, you can share that with people and they take that with them into their daily lives. 
and feel some sort of joy out of that. And you can make great money from doing this. And it seems like whenever great money is involved, here come the politicians. But then they ridicule this industry as if it's not a real job. Like all these years and finally in 20. 16 I want to say I was in Florida when I found out that we had finally been called number 50 on the Forbes list as a real career so give me a break here okay so let's get to it um let's see amendments that were made is to restore requirements for certain beautification services to be regulated hold on just a second here Uh, and that's to specify that an improve, approved course in barbering and cosmetology is not less than a thousand hours, but rather set at a thousand hours. Establish a hairstylist license. Make clarifying changes to ensure that eyelash extensions continue to fall within the scope of practice of estheticians and cosmetologists. Clarify that changes made to the scope of practice for estheticians don't grant any privileges reserved for individuals who are certified under the Massage Therapy Act. And then it says some other stuff. Um, cosmetology externships is to be paid, allowing cosmetology students to begin working as externs after completing 25% of their required clock hours increasing the number of hours per week an extern may receive clock hour credit toward graduation and increasing the percentage of total clock hours that may be obtained through externship so in other words <clears throat> I can't remember I want to say god was the I worked for two schools that offered externships which honestly I think the program is an excellent idea to get students out there in the salon to get a feel for it. Sometimes it doesn't always work well, dependent upon the salon owner and who's willing to teach these students, you know, um, about the salon life and the atmosphere and how to do new things. That's not just the basic, you know, what they're learning in school. That's supposed to be the idea of it. Sometimes students would come back and want to change salons because the owners were too busy and they just had them sitting there all day or they wanted them to, to clean. Well, that's not what they're there for, to come to your salon for eight hours to clean. That's ridiculous. So for the most part, it's a good thing. I don't know if I agree with the paying part and them spending more hours. I don't know. There's always pros to pros and cons to everything. So it could be a good thing. Um, and I guess it wouldn't be a waste of time if they had a bad experience. They would still get the hours and, you know, get paid for it. That might give them more incentive. So it could be a good thing. My only hope for these students is that they're getting paired up with salons that's really willing to teach them that's the the real goal here so you decide would how do you feel about that how do you feel about students externing more time um it used to be eight hours a week and that did go towards their 
graduation time. How do you feel about them having more hours and how do you feel about them getting paid for doing that? The, the question is, see, in my mind, when you tell me something, I have questions for it. Okay, so they're getting paid. What are they being allowed to do in the salon and getting paid? Or are they just getting paid to be there to observe? Are they helping you put foils in? Like, what are they uh, getting their hands on, you know, to get paid? So that's a question there. Uh, let's see. Existing laws establishes the BBC until January 1st of 2022 responsible for administering the act and regulating specified practices through licensure of barbers, cosmetologists, electrologists, manicurists, and estheticians and oversight of establishment. So they're saying as of right now, this is what the existing law is establishing the BBC until January 1st of 2022, meaning um, they're overseeing all of this. But who knows if that's going to change now and somewhere in this bill, I saw that uh, the BBC will be in existence until January of 2027. And I did highlight that part. So if I come across it, I'll read it to you. I don't know why they would be trying to get rid of them. But anyway, so I'm going to read some of this to you. It is nine pages. And of course, I'm not going to read nine pages, but I want to get through some of the main points to you and just kind of get your thoughts on um, what you guys think about it. It doesn't matter now. We can't really fight it. How are we going to make this work to our benefit? You know, the upside is you would need another teacher to teach the hairstyling course. So that might be beneficial. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Okay, so this bill, this is on page two. Uh, let's see, do I want to read that? Adds further specificity, specificity, specificity to the composition. Okay, I don't need to read that. Okay, so we're, I'll start at number two. Removes the prohibition against the BBC reducing the number of employees assigned to perform random inspections, targeted inspections, and investigations. So in other words, it may have been prohibited, meaning not allowed for the BBC to get rid of some of the employees assigned to perform random inspections in salons or schools for that matter, uh, for any targeted inspections and investigations. So it's looking like they'll be able to let go of some of these examiners that's checking in on the salon. So people will lose their jobs and they're allowing the BBC to be able to do that. Uh, recast the scope of practice for skincare to allow for licensed estheticians to engage in any of the following practices, giving facials, massaging, stimulating, exfoliating, cleansing, or beautifying the face, scalp, neck, or body by use of hands, aesthetic devices, cosmetic products, antiseptics, 
lotions, tonics, or creams that do not result in the ablation or destruction of the live tissue. So this is their scope of practice. They can do facials. They can do all of this as long as they're not obliterating someone's skin. Now, this is a good thing here because for a while it's been illegal for us to tint and perm eyelashes and eyebrows or applying eyelashes to any person. Now, that part wasn't illegal, but the um, God, I'm trying to think of what's the name of it because they have that. Uh, it's a rinse for for hair that's been used for years and they sell it in the dollar store. If I can think of it, I'll tell you next time. Anyway, they had the that same company made color and tint specifically for your eyelashes and for your eyebrows because I have gotten my eyebrows tinted a couple of times and um, I've had my eyelashes actually bleached and colored blue. But and for a long time, estheticians and cosmetologists could do this and then they made it illegal. I have no idea why. And perming eyelashes, which really just puts a, a curl in your eyelashes so you don't have to use the curler. I've had that done before, too. That's pretty cool. So that's good. That's not a bad thing. Um, waxing, getting rid of hair, superfluous hair from the body, any person by use of depilatories, tweezers, sugaring, non-scription, prescription, uh, chemical or waxing. So that's their scope of practice. They can use uh, the use of devices and appliances of any kind or description except by the use of lasers or light waves. So to me, that means they could use any device that will remove hair, but they cannot use lasers or anything that has light waves in it. All right, so number four establishes a hairstylist license requiring 600 hours of pre-licensure education and passage of an examination. So the scope of practice here would allow individuals to do styling, arranging, uh, blow drying, shampooing, curling, cutting, dressing, waving, or non-chemically straightening the hair. So that's flat ironing, pressing, use them, the Marcel irons, finger waving, that type of thing uh, of any person as well as massaging, cleaning or stimulating the scalp, face and neck. So like scalp treatments, all that stuff you would learn in this hairstyling course. I'm sure you would learn how to drape because you'd be shampooing. You would learn blow drying, curling, cutting. So that was a relief to me to find out that you can't just wake up one day and say, oh, I feel like cutting hair and I'm just going to go do it unlicensed. So you would have some training for that. Uh, let's see. Provides expressly that the practice of medicine shall not be performed by or offered by a licensee of the BBC without being authorized and licensed to perform the act pursuant to a license obtained in accordance with some other provision of law. So to me, this has something to do with, you know, like if you work in a medical spa, 
right now, if you like injected Botox into someone, you're a licensed cosmetologist or esthetician. The thought process was as long as you're working under a doctor, that's not true. You're supposed to be a nurse uh, in order to do that. So you could be an esthetician working in a medical spa. But as far as injecting things, you would have to be a nurse for that. So it looks like they're saying that there would have to be some sort of licensing for that. You would have to be uh, authorized by the Board of Barbering and Cosmetology. And it does not specify how you would get authorized by that. Um, removes the requirement for purposes of interstate reciprocity. That the applicant has been active for three of the last five years, during which time the applicant has not been subject to disciplinary action or criminal conviction. So in other words, if you're coming in from out of state, whatever requirements for you to become, you know, working over here, um, as long as you don't have any criminal convictions or it shouldn't be a problem to come over to this state because it has it has been difficult. California, from my understanding, California and New York are two of the hardest states to get licensed in. And so I know that a lot of states were more open to letting you into their state licensed with California than California is letting someone from out of state. In other words, they'd have to go to state board again and get licensed here. Okay, um, they want to get rid of the pre-application program for schools and apprenticeships. I think that's not cool. Uh, if somebody wants to have their date close to their graduation date, I don't understand what the problem with that is. But now remember, they want to get rid of the practical exam also. So it says repeals the BBC's pre-application program for schools and apprenticeships. Um, they want to revoke it or annul it, which is what repeal means. I don't agree with that. What do you think? Do you think they should get rid of it? From my understanding, over all these years that I've been teaching, most of the students that pre-apply, they have their date right when they graduate, which, you know, is a relief because they're not going to procrastinate. They just go right on. I've had a couple of students in the 17 years that I've been teaching that had state board the very next day. Literally, they graduated and they drove up to Fairfield to go and take their test the next day and they passed because it was fresh in their mind. So bam, bam, bam. And then they were licensed. So that's not a good one. Excuse me, hold on just a second. Number eight, they want to authorize a cosmetology. Uh, well, I've read this to you already. This is just a different uh, page here. I'm talking about externships. They want to have them complete at least 25% of their clock hours. And then they could start externing. Um, they want to allow for up to 25 clock hours. Credit per week. And this would be total clock hours received from their uh, towards their graduation. 
Celesi received from an externship to comprise up to 25% of the total clock hours required for completion of the course. I think it depends on what they need to learn. And honestly, that much, 25 hours a week, that's huge. That means like half of their week there, almost half of the week there, yeah, a little over. Because if you're going to school 40 hours a week, or around 40 hours a week, and you're spending over half your time in the salon, that's going to interfere with what you're learning in class. That's just my thought on it. What do you guys think here? Um, let's see. Eliminates the requirement that an applicant for licensure pass a practical exam. To me, that is the most foolish thought process. But again, this all leads to the higher ups getting their way with what they've always wanted. They've been wanting for over 10 years deregulation of barbering cosmetology estheticians. Uh, and I don't understand the thought process behind it. Why would you want people to not have formal training and not be certified through the state to show that you're safe to work on the public? Why would you want to get rid of that? I don't understand these senators and their thought process. But I'm sure money has something to do with it. I don't know the details of it, but I know it's not good. And I just think that it's dumb. So no more practical exam removes the requirement that the Board of Barbering and Cosmetology must inspect an establishment within 90 days after it has been issued a license. So when they get their business license, state board usually will come and examine your salon when you're new and you're just opening. Excuse me, why would you not want to be verified by the state that you're all good to go? Wouldn't you want to make sure that you're up to state code, that you're up to the standards to work on the public? Why would you not want that? That makes no sense. So they want to get rid of that. Um, and that means that businesses could do whatever they want to do. A lot of them are already doing that because we don't have enough state examiners. So that's where you got your chop shops. That's filing down funguses and putting acrylic over it to hide the fact that my toenails are black and they're about to fall off. And you're using the same pusher and sneaking credo blades and cutting calluses from person to person. This is why this kind of stuff is happening. This is why people are taking their round brushes and just pulling the hair out from one client and using it on the next. Uh, deletes restrictions and requirements relating to the operation of mobile units. So this could be a positive, but it could be bad as well. The positive is you wouldn't have so much um, restrictions keeping you from becoming a mobile unit. But I would also say that you got to have some kind of guidelines for mobile businesses. You can't just up and get in the mobile and, you know, because you want to make sure that these mobile units are staying clean as well because they're going around to people's homes and still working on the public. There should still be some guidelines there. All right. Uh, 
reduce the number of hours you guys know about that down to a thousand hours um, instruction that must be included for various subjects in the course for barber and cosmetology skin care and nail care so yeah you still would learn so much skin and nails in the course it just would be shorter so they want to revoke a provision of law that's making any violations for which there is no specific penalty provided guilty of a misdemeanor and subject to a fine not to exceed $2,500 or imprisonment in county jail. So they want to reduce that and get rid of that law that's making any violations that someone got in a salon. To me, it depends on what they're doing. So if they've been fined more than twice, and they still keep getting fined for the same thing. I don't think it's a good idea. They need to know that this is not okay. It's not okay to be passing around staff to your clients who's paying you money. And they're trusting you to be safe. I just don't think that's cool. Uh, limit the BBC's authority to establish a schedule of administrative fines to violations of law that directly impact consumer safety so listen to this limits the bbc's board of cosmetology barbering and cosmetology's authority to establish a schedule of administrative fines to violations of law that means people have violated the law and it directly impacts public safety why would you want to take away their authority on that I don't know. I don't think that they are abusing it because there's not enough of them anyway. So you tell me. But me, knowing what I know, there's not enough examiners out there that's upholding the law for these salons. And that's why so many of them get away with stuff. So why would you take away what little authority they have? Makes no sense. Clarifies that changes made to the scope of practice for estheticians do not grant any privileges. Okay, we already said that. And then the extension of the sunset date for the Board of Barbering and Cosmetology uh, to a new repeal date of January 1st, 2027. So remember, repeal means to annul or revoke. So that means that they have a little bit more time to be in office the board of barber and cosmetology uh, and they've been trying to get rid of them for so far three times since 2012 and when i say they i'm assuming it's those in office the senators the governor whoever is in office at that time please tell me why i don't understand if you inform us and let us know why, then maybe I'd understand a little better. But from where I'm sitting, I don't get it. Um, there's some stuff on here, but this has already been in existence. In other words, you have to be at least 17 years old to get licensed. That's been um, that's been the law. You know, when they had ROP for a long time, they finally got rid of ROP, which was the saddest thing ever. 
I think that's such an opportunity to be in high school and to be able to go to cosmetology school or go to nail school, whatever you're choosing to do in high school so that you could get licensed early and get a head start, man. Um, that's like the greatest program ever. And they got rid of it. So you see what I mean? It's like anything that's going good for our industry. They always find a way to get rid of it. Like this is motivation for high school students who really don't have a clue on what direction they want to go in. Um, it gives them some incentive. And even if they don't use this as their primary career, they'll always have their license under their belt to do on the side if they're going to college, going away to college. I mean, I met someone at Apple and I'll never forget. I looked at her nails and I said, oh, I love your, um, you know, your polish. Is that gel or is that nail polish? And she said, oh, it's gel. And I said, oh, I don't know why I asked her. I said, do you do your own nails? Did you do them yourself? And she said, yeah. And I said, oh, okay. She said, yeah, I've been a manicurist for, you know, so many years. And I said, oh, okay, do you still do nails? She said, no. She said, but I paid my way through college doing nails. So just think about that. She paid her way through college doing nails. So I say that to say young kids have an opportunity to learn a trade that can make them great money and they could pay their own way through school doing this. That's how amazing this career is. So I'm going to skip over that because it tells you that, you know, you have to be so many, so old to be in there, at least complete the 10th grade, submit proof of completion to the Board of Barbering and Cosmetology, 400 hours training covering all practices of a manicure. So, okay, I don't need to go over that. Uh, is there anything else? Um uh, oh, yeah, so they want to get rid of the licensing. They said that California is known as the most burdensome state. So a national study of burdens from occupational licensing now in its second edition ranks as the most burdensome state when accounting for both the number of lower income occupations licensed and the average burden of licensing requirements. So this is like their reasoning and justification for getting rid of the uh, practical exam. Two of only 10 total occupations found to be licensed by all 50 states. And then they go into states that don't do practical exams anymore. Um, and uh, licensing. And they're saying the fees are too much, that we cost $125 in fees, 350 estimated cal calendar days lost, 1,500 clock hours in education, and two examinations. As a point of reference, the report claims that obtaining a license as a tree trimmer requires $529 in fees, 1,460 calendar days lost, no education, but four years of experience and two examinations. So I don't know what that means, that they're comparing our careers to theirs um, and dental assistance, how they have no exams. 
Uh, let's see what else. I feel like I'm straining my eyes here. They go into other states like Vermont and Texas now require a thousand hours. Other states like New York have long had lower requirements, less than 1600 hours. And then, um, oh, they want to increase the number of hours of health and safety curriculum for an applicant. They want to do 65 hours outlined in regulations to 100 specified in this bill in order to protect licensees and consumers and promote public safety, but then no testing. So that's kind of dumb. And then they say practical exam. This is on page six. Iowa does not require a practical exam for licensees other than barbers. Kansas is transitioning to a written practical exam. Pennsylvania eliminated practical exam in 2014. Arkansas eliminated both practical and written in 2017 and requires schools to test the competency, poor teachers. So if the teacher who's examining you and you don't pass, how does that work? And what's the guidelines for that? So if the school has to do it and they determine that this person is not capable of working out in the public, the pressure that puts on the teacher, the danger it may put that teacher in. And then secondly, what do you do? Do you reschedule like the state used to do? Um, and there's no paying for it. So do you just reschedule that? And is that just going to be a department there where the teacher only does those exams there? Because they're not going to have time if they have to keep rescheduling, but they have their own criteria to teach. If you understand what I'm saying, that would have to be someone's department where they only do the exams. And, you know, some students can be confrontational. And, you know, how do you deal with this here? Tennessee is moving to requiring a virtual practical exam, I guess, but at least they're having one. Uh, Maine, Delaware, and Wyoming are considering a written practical exam. South Dakota eliminated the requirement for an individual to complete a practical exam as a result of the pandemic and may consider implementing a written practical exam. So in its concluding recommendations regarding this issue in the Board of Barbering and Cosmetology's sunset background paper, strong consideration should be given to eliminating the practical exam. So somebody's going to lose their job. This bill accordingly eliminates the practical examination. Applicants would still be required to complete coursework and pass a written exam. However, the elimination of the practical exam would remove a major barrier to entry in the profession and likely reduce costs to those seeking licensure. So that's all I'm going to uh, go over right now. And really, that's the bulk of this bill because it gets into the arguments for the support of this bill and then the arguments uh, in opposition and in the support. I'll tell you, one uh, argument is minorities and lower income populations who seek cosmetology as a career. This would be a more of an opportunity for them, those who can't really um, afford to go to school. 
So what are your thoughts on that? Some points I get, some points I don't get. Some things I find are just outright ridiculous to get rid of uh, practical testing. Like I said, you already have people out there who are licensed that are totally not following the rules and regs of state. So to um, cut that down even further, to me, it's going to be a mess, you know, um, so I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. And as far as school wise, because I don't work in the salons, but I'm preparing the future generations to go out into the salons. What's it going to be like for them out there? You know, and how do you teach them to still have the higher standards when your own state laws are not going to back you up on that? Because most of the time, and I hate to say it, but from what I've observed over the years, most of the time, people tend to follow what others are doing. There's not too many leaders out there. And when you decide to stand up for what is right, you get persecuted for it. I've had stories where someone worked in the salon and they hated her because she continued to do what she learned in school as far as having her station set up for state board preparation, having her stuff labeled, having everything clean, changing the disinfectant and, you know, wiping down the station after every client. They hated her for it and it made her so uncomfortable. She left that salon. But guess what? When state board came to that salon, guess whose help they wanted? They wanted her help. But in turn, they persecuted her for being the only one who upheld and she didn't get fined. The rest of them, you know, some of them did get fined. So how do you teach your students to, you know, hey, you still want to go out there and clean your stuff and you won't get in trouble, though, if you don't clean your stuff, because there's no state board examiners to come and check after you. So, you know, what do you tell them? Follow what everybody else is doing and keep reusing the same round brushes and, you know, cleanse them every every week. And it's OK because the hair that you're blow drying with is clean hair. And even though you just did Mrs. Smith's hair and, um, you know, did her daughter's hair and now you want to do Miss Johnson's hair with the same brush it's okay oh and you dropped it a couple of times oh but you picked it up within five seconds so you're all good what do we think about that so I know this was a lot of information and I tried to give it to you quickly hopefully not too quickly you know, but I'm just trying to give you the bulk of the idea of this bill. Of course, you can look at it yourself and everybody has different opinions. I'm just sharing mine. And usually my gut feeling doesn't let me down. I don't have a good feeling about this bill. I'm not so much against the hour portion. I get it. I get, you know, that's why some people don't choose cosmetology because it's such a, a long period and, you know, these are people who are changing careers, newly divorced, got to make some money, love this industry, but don't have the time to get into cosmetology because it's too long. So it gives more opportunity in that. I get it. 
But um, as far as picking on the state board examiners and, and they're along with it, it's crazy to think that, you know, there's going to be even less examiners checking on the salons and <laughs> making sure the guidelines are being upheld and you don't want these guidelines anymore. It's just kind of crazy to me. So um, hopefully you enjoyed this. And thank you for listening to Miss V's Real Beauty Talk. Don't forget to check me out on YouTube as well, Miss V's Beauty Tutorials. And if you want to check me out on TikTok, you can. It's at VonTalk48, V-O-N-N-T-O-C-K-48. Although I haven't posted anything in a few weeks. Just kind of been focusing on the podcast here and my YouTube channel. But just check me out and hopefully you enjoy. And if you have any comments that you want to add um, or let me know your opinions on this, that would be great. I love interacting with people. So, um, yeah, I will talk to you guys next week and you guys have a good week. Bye, guys. <laughs>